Welcome to Water into Wine with Mignon, the place where we discuss the practical and supernatural ways of the kingdom of God that are relevant to your life. And now, today's podcast. Welcome. I'm your host, Mignon Morel, and I'm so glad you've joined me today. Today, we're doing part two of Understanding the Prophetic. We're talking about how God communicates with us through prophetic revelation. So why is learning about the prophetic so important in the life of a Christian? Revelations 19.10. For the substance, the essence of the truth revealed by Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, the vital breath, the inspiration of all inspired preaching and interpretation of the divine will and purpose. In other words, all real prophecy comes from Jesus Christ to us. It is his truth for the direction of our lives, for the direction of others' lives, as well as for the future of the world and humanity. Now, in the last podcast, we discussed the basics of a prophet, and we gave some information on the difference between a real and a soulish prophet, a mystical spirit, and the different areas in life the prophet can address. So if you haven't listened to that, I encourage you to go back so you have a fuller understanding of what we're talking about today. Now, as I said earlier, not everyone is called to the office of a prophet, but every Christian can have prophetic gifting. If you've ever heard God's voice or ever had a vision, you have already have some form of prophetic gifting. Why? Because prophetic revelation is one of the main ways God communicates with his children. Now, all throughout Scripture, we see occurrences of people encountering God, his truth and will, either through hearing his voice or through having visions. Prophetic revelation is one of the main ways we learn more about the nature of God, and we grow in our relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So it is important to learn how God is speaking to us personally through prophetic revelation. In this podcast, I want to talk a little bit more about how we personally receive that revelation from God and what to do with the information that you do receive, especially when it is given to you about another person. Now, Webster's Dictionary defines revelation as enlightening or astonishing disclosure, to show plain or to make or open and view. Now, according to the Strong's Concordance, the Greek word here for revelation is apocalypsis. And that means revelation that is revealed, disclosed, or to make known information with an implication that the information can be understood. This specifically refers in the New Testament to God making the information known, especially to his close associates. Now, we receive prophetic communication and revelation under the direction of the Holy Spirit through things like visions, dreams, heavenly encounters, the audible voice of God spoken to our hearts, words of prophecy either given to us by another or directly from God, and of course, always the word of God. Receiving and communicating in these ways is supposed to be a normal part of a Christian's life, and it's something that was meant to be done on a continual basis. In fact, the Apostle Paul talks about the importance of receiving revelation all throughout Scripture. Galatians 1.11 says, 
For I want you to know, brethren, that the gospel which was proclaimed and made known by me is not man's gospel, a human invention according to or pattern after any human standard. For indeed, I did not receive it from man, nor was I taught it, but it came to me through a direct revelation given by Jesus Christ, the Messiah. So Paul is saying that he was taught by direct revelation from heaven in regards to the gospel of Jesus and the kingdom. In other words, he received a direct download from God himself. This way of receiving revelation and communicating with God was normal for the Apostle Paul, and it's supposed to be normal for us. Now, I want to say this as a precursor before we get into this a little deeper. We don't come to Jesus to get words and visions. We come for a relationship. We come to spend quality time with him. The more we spend time with Jesus, the more we learn about his ways and the new life he has given us. When you are doing this, when you're having intimacy with him, the prophetic and all of the things that are encompassed in it will naturally be an outflow of that intimacy that you're having with Jesus. You know, when I first started really getting serious about my time with the Lord, I would spend hours at a time just sitting in his presence, communicating with him. And as I got to know him better and had a deeper level of intimacy, I found that I didn't have to spend as much time just sitting still waiting. I could have the same level of communication and revelation, uh, you know, just walking throughout my busy daily life because in my spirit, I strive never to leave his presence. Remember the passage I read earlier, for the truth revealed by Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. In other words, all real prophecy flows from Jesus via his Holy Spirit. If you don't know Jesus personally, if you only know him on Sunday going to church or vaguely, you will not flow in this gift because this gift is all about him. So let's remember that as I walk you through this, okay? Now, there are many different ways we can hear what God is saying to us. And I want to break down some of these ways so we get a better handle on what is potentially happening to us when God communicates with us. I think many times we think, well, God really isn't speaking to me at all, Mignon, when actually in reality, God is speaking all the time. We just don't recognize how he is speaking to us. So let's go deeper into some of the ways he communicates with us. Now, of course, first and foremost, he always speaks to us through his word. And I'm not going to go deep into that because every Christian, that's basic 101, you go to the word of God. So that's just a given, okay? <laughs> but another way that God can, can speak to us is through an inner or audible voice, now, his voice can come to us as an inner hearing where we're the only ones hearing it, uh, as a thought where he's speaking to us through our thoughts, or as an audible voice where God's voice is discernible to all who are near, as in Matthew 3.17, when God spoke out loud to everyone when Jesus was baptized by the prophet John the Baptist in the Jordan. Now, many times we may even hear God's voice, thinking it is our own thoughts going through our minds because we don't realize that it is God trying to get our attention. I'll give you an example. When God was first training me to learn how to hear his voice in different ways, 
one way was very much through my own thoughts. One day I had a workman come to my house to fix our air conditioning. And down here in Texas in the summer, it gets hot, like 100 degrees hot for like a month or two. So ours was out, of course, and it was quite miserable. And we had this guy come, and he was upstairs working on the AC. And the Lord said to me at that time, hey, I want you to tell this guy that the new business venture he's going to be um, looking at is going to be a success. I'm going to bless it and be with him in it. And it was just in my thoughts. And I remember thinking, whatever, you know, I'm not going to tell this stranger this. I had that time I had never, ever really given anybody a word or had that kind of happen before. So the guy comes down, you know, and he, I'm giving him his check for fixing the air condition. And uh, I'm sitting there and I'm feeling to myself, well, if this is God we're about to find out, I'll just go ahead and do it. So I said to the guy, hey, by chance, and it was not very eloquent, do you happen to be involved in a new business venture? And he looked at me, he said, oh my God, how did you know that? I am just on my way out right now to go meet a friend of mine and we're going to a client for a new business venture to see if we're going to do it. And so I told him at that time what I believe God had said. And he was so funny. He was shocked. I was shocked, of course, because here I was realizing this is true. And he said to me, are you a psychic? <laughs> and I said, oh, no, 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 no. I am, I am uh, a Christian, and this is normal when you're a Christian. So that's just an example. But I did it because I heard in my thoughts what God was telling me. Now, you may be asking, how do I know this is God's thoughts and or voice and not just mine? That's a good question. Remember, as I said earlier in part one, that God never violates his nature. If it is him, it will line up with his nature and his character and the fruit of the spirit. So that's why it is important to be acquainted with those things. Now, Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 talks about what God's voice really sounds like. So you can learn to tell the difference. So now God can speak to us this way to tell us about our lives, to give us words for others, to tell us what's on his mind, to tell us what we need to do. Sometimes the Lord will speak to us uh, through his voice just, just because he wants us to know that he's near. The point is he does speak to us in an audible manner, whether it's inside or outside, if we are willing to listen. Now, another way that God can communicate with us is through spiritual perception. This is a very common way that we receive, and it's also the most common way that we shrug off the revelation that God may be trying to send us. Spiritual perception can be a gut feeling or intuition, a quick visual that pops into your mind, or simply heightened awareness. Often in this type of experience, we get an impression of something. These perceptions can be tied to the operation of the gifts of wisdom and words of knowledge, discerning of spirits and such, but they can happen for everyone. They're not as strong as visions per se, but they can have a powerful impact if we pay attention to them. And when God is training you on how he speaks and communicates, he will often start this way. Spiritual perception can often warn us that something is wrong, even if we can't quite put our finger on it. You know, I think most of us move in this without realizing it. We just either react to what we're perceiving in the atmosphere around us, and we usually learn by mistake if we don't follow the feelings, or we learn by success because we did pay attention to them. Now, in order for this type of communication to grow with us, we need to pay attention. We need to talk to the Holy Spirit when these things happen. 
Spiritual perception is real and can be strengthened to grow just like any other gift. The important thing is to remember to ask, Holy Spirit, is this you? And then what does this mean? There are many different types of perceptions and visions that one can have that relay prophetic information and revelation to us. And there are really great, excellent resources out there on this subject, like James Gall's The Seer, for more intricate details. But right now, I'm going to go over some of them and share a little bit of how they work. Let's talk about visions. Having visions, either open ones or visions in your mind, are common when you're starting to grow in your relationship with God. Remember, we are learning his language and how he communicates, not ours. And oftentimes, as they say, a picture is worth a thousand words. Visions can give us information and understanding in different ways than hearing an audible voice. They can often communicate faster to us because we perceive things in a fuller way. Let's talk about what kinds of visions. You can have pictorial visions or snapshot picture type of visions. In this type of a vision, a picture or an image is revealed that can be described or identified quickly, like a snapshot of something that has meaning. And we can see this with our eyes opened or closed. These are pictures that sometimes come across our minds. Sometimes they can be active when we're functioning in spiritual gifts, like, for instance, getting a mental image of a body part when you're praying for healing for someone. Or they can be active when you're just driving down the road and a picture pops into your mind, something you weren't thinking about. These types of pictures usually mean something, and they convey meaning to us on more than one level. And oftentimes they're a call for us to pray. You can sometimes see these pictures superimposed over natural things. The information that it's giving us is what's important. Now, many believers have this type of vision happening, but they may not be paying attention to it because our minds go so fast all the time. When this happens to you and it's not something you were thinking about, you need to stop and ask the Lord two questions. What does this mean, Lord? What do I need to do? And then do and pray in accordance with what he tells you. Now, another type of prophetic vision is an open vision, and the Greek word for this is called an orama. This is normally used in reference to having waking visions or seeing visions with their eyes open or even in a dream. An example of this in Scripture is the account of the transfiguration of Jesus on the mount in Matthew 17, 9. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus commanded them, saying, Tell the vision, the orama, to no one until the Son of Man has risen from the dead. Another example of this is in Acts 16, 9, when Paul had a vision of the Macedonian man. And a vision, an orama, appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel. Now, these visions impart information, and at times, these can seem like a vision and superimposed over the natural world that we are seeing. The prophet Ezekiel had these types of visions also. Another type of vision mentioned in Scripture is an oasis, and this means sight or vision that we receive either with our external eyes open or our internal eyes or the eyes of our imagination in our minds. 
These are visions that occur on the inside of our minds at times or within our sanctified imaginations. This is probably the most common way most of us receive visions from the Lord, especially while we're in prayer. Oresis is the word used in Acts 2.17. In the last day, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions, oresis. Your old men will dream dreams. These are more common as types of inner visions and can be very powerful, revealing the revelation that the Lord is trying to communicate with us. Again, we're talking about, you know, a sanctified imagination, not a soulish imagination. You know, I get a lot of these types of visions in regards to my life, in regards to coming events for myself and others. And again, if you're growing in your relationship with the Lord, you may have these as well. And visions will grow as you grow in your understanding and maturity and as you grow in the ways that God is communicating with you. Another type of vision one can have is a panoramic vision. This is when a person sees a vision that comes more like in a movie form. In other words, it's a vision in motion. And oftentimes it can span like a specific amount of time. This type of vision unfolds within our minds rather like a movie scene to give us the impression of a continuous view of something we need to know. Now in Acts 9, 10, both Ananias and Saul saw a motion picture vision of what was going to come about in their lives. They saw it played before them in one continuous scene. So that's an example of a panoramic vision. So let's talk about a little bit about words of knowledge. Words of knowledge are also ways in which the Lord will communicate and reveal prophetic revelation to you. Now, many people consider words of knowledge as their own spiritual gift, or they place it under the gift of, this, of wisdom. Regardless of where you place them, words of knowledge are useful revelation tools that are often used for God to communicate to us. And many times they're used in healing situations, and they can be accessed by every believer. A word of knowledge is a supernatural revelation of information that is given by the Holy Spirit. God will often use this as a means to lead to different things like healing. A person can receive words of knowledge in various ways. For instance, they can feel it. You can have bodily sensations like pain or throbbing sensation or some other sensation uh, that you didn't have before. You have to be sure and be careful that it's not something that is yours, your own pain or whatever, but you can feel it. You can feel the atmosphere. You can see it through a mental picture, example also of a body part, or like seeing a person with a limp, or an image of something that has occurred. You can read it, okay? Words may be seen like a word scrolling through the mind of a person, or you may see words superimposed upon people. You can think it. In other words, you may get a sense in your mind or an impression of some kind of word of knowledge that's going on with someone. You can say it while talking to someone, unpremeditated words may come out of your mouth relating to like a physical condition or you can dream it you can have a dream of seeing someone with a health need or condition or a prayer need or or something going on in their life or an event being acted out in the dream and you can experience this is similar to dreaming but it's more like a vision state when i used to do healing conferences i would often function in this type of gift 
by either seeing or feeling a body part on a person that needed healing. But the words of knowledge can function in many different ways. I want to say a word here about discerning of spirits, as that is also a gift that can function as revelation. Discerning of spirits is the ability to tell whether something is from God, from the enemy, or of the human will or soul. When people are called as prophets to the office of a prophet and as intercessors, they often function in this gift because it helps them to know how to pray. Now, you can receive all kinds of information from the Lord when you have this gift that is similar to words of knowledge in the, in the way that you can feel it, you can smell it, you can sense it. I'm going to go more into the gift of discerning of spirits when I speak on intercession. Dreams are actually another type of vision. Onar is the Greek word for dreams, and it simply means seeing while we are asleep. Dreams have prophetic revelation significance. In fact, God has always spoken to his people through dreams. Abraham received a dream where God showed him his descendants in Genesis 15, 12. Jacob had a dream that revealed God's anointing and call upon his life. Joseph received a dream that warned him to take Jesus and Mary out of the country. When you have a busy life, God will often try to speak to you through dreams because it's the one time you're able to receive without hindrances or active blocks. If you have a prophetic calling on your life, you will often dream every night. The deal with dreams is that they normally carry prophetic symbolic language. This means that things in your dreams like colors and numbers actually have as much prophetic significance for you as the action that takes place. Now, I dream every night, and I'm going to be doing a future podcast on dreams and dream language. But I want to say a few things here about dreams. First, dreams can have more than one source. That means they can be from God, they can be from the soul realm, or they can be from the enemy. How do you know? Simple. You ask the Holy Spirit. He is the best interpreter for your dreams. He can tell you, this was from your soul processing stress, this was from the enemy, or this was from God. And again, even in dreams, when they're from God, they will line up with God's nature. If they come from him, they will line up with God's nature. When interpreting your dreams, it is important to base your interpretation and symbols on what is in the Bible. The Bible is, of course, full of symbolism that correlates to the dream world. And again, we'll talk more about that. But yes, dreams are a type of vision and a type of way that the Lord is trying to communicate with his people. Now, there are other types of visions and encounters you can have when receiving revelation from God and communicating with him. In fact, I want to say this. If it happened in the Bible, you need to understand that it can happen to you. If it happened in the Bible, it can still happen to you. So let's take a brief look at some of the other ways the Lord can communicate with us in Scripture, we see accounts of people having prophetic visions that were actually in the form of apparitions or beings like angels appearing to them with their eyes open. In fact, the Bible is full of accounts of apparition visions. In Luke 1.22, this is what occurred to Zechariah as he was visited by the angel Gabriel and told about the birth of John the Baptist. In Genesis 32:24, Jacob wrestled with an angel. In Luke 1:11, Mary saw and spoke with the angel Gabriel. In Acts 13, Jesus appeared after his resurrection to several people for 40 days. 
So this type of vision and encounter is possible because it did happen in the Bible. But please understand, there is usually a very strong reason that God uses this form of communication with us. <laughs> There's usually a specific reason God's trying to communicate with his people in this way. Uh, we also see instances of encounters in the Bible of people having what is called a trance or ecstasy vision. In a trance, your body is suspended and you're more like in a relaxed type of state. It is almost like your body goes to sleep, but your mind is awake. And the Apostle Paul mentions a trance vision he had in Acts twenty-two seventeen. When I returned to Jerusalem and was praying at the temple, I fell into a trance and saw the Lord speaking. Quick, he said to me, leave Jerusalem immediately because they will not accept your testimony about me. So trance visions. There are also open heaven visions where a hole seems to open up in the sky and the celestial realm of God becomes visible. This is what Ezekiel experienced in Ezekiel 1, 1, when he stated that the heavens were open, and then he goes on to describe God and his glory. Also, at Jesus' baptism in Matthew chapter 3, the scripture says the heavens were open and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in the form of a dove. The apostle John experienced open heaven visions and revelations when he saw the door standing open in heaven. So that's also possible. Translation is another way we can have encounters and communication with the Lord. Translation is rare. It is defined as an actual physical experience and not just a vision. In this type of event, a person can be shown supernatural things while being transported in body and spirit to another location. Now, please note that translation mentioned in the Bible is a sovereign act instigated by God. It is not the same thing as astral projecting one's soul, which is witchcraft and is forbidden for Christians to do. Acts 8.39 tells us of this type of prophetic experience happening to Philip. When they came out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away, and the eunuch no longer saw him but went on his way rejoicing. It tells of the story of what happened to Philip appearing there and then being taken back. So translation can happen. If it happened in the Bible, it can happen to you. But there's usually a very strong reason for it. Just remember. A Christian can also have heavenly visitation visions where they see or encounter heaven, either in their minds or open. Many think this happened to Paul and is what he was referring to when he said in 2 Corinthians 12, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know or out of the body I do not know, God knows, such a man was caught up to the third heaven. So they can have visions of heaven. I've had visions of heaven. I know many believers who've had visions of heaven. If you think about it, it's really not that different than getting a look at where you're going to be going for a vacation. <laughs> you know, it's God exposing you more to your real home. So I don't think it's impossible at all. My point again is that if it happened in the Bible, it can happen to you. Now, these things do not happen to everyone. Why? Because God speaks to each of us as individuals. He has a unique relationship with each of us. In other words, it's not one size fits all when it comes to the ways God communicates with us. Also, 
I want to say there'll be times in your life when God is working on different areas in his walk with you or areas in your soul that need adjustment. And some of the ways he communicates like visions and such will be removed or rather turned down. This is typically just for a season so you can concentrate on the work he's trying to do in a specific part of your life. Either he wants to bring healing to you or grow you or have you conquer something. So you may go through a season where um, these things are not as active, but just know he's working on different areas in your life if that happens. Now, I want to take a moment here to speak on things that are actually even more important in many ways than receiving prophetic revelation. It's what to do with the information you are getting for yourself and for others. This is the main way I see many believers make serious mistakes. It's something that's not always addressed in the body, and we need to address it. We need to have the correct perspective when we're moving in these gifts. Prophetic revelation that is for ourselves is typically easy in the sense that it really is all about God building his relationship with you. So the biggest issue for many of us is just to be obedient to what God is telling us about our life. Again, God will never go against what is in his word or his nature. He will never tell you to lie, cheat, steal, or kill. He will also not tell you to intentionally hurt another person. Please, and I say this with sincerity, please use your brain even when you are hearing from God especially when you are just beginning to learn how God communicates with you. There are times you could be hearing your own soul or even the enemy versus God's voice. So that is why it is so important to know God's nature and his word. You need to know Jesus intimately. Now, God may tell you things like to stand in faith for something that seems impossible for your life, but again, it will still line up with his nature. When God is speaking to you about your life, he will confirm it either through scripture, through prophetic words that will line up with what he's already told you, through another person who reiterates what God's told you, as well as you will see what he said come to pass. I'll give you an example. Back in December, we received some news from the government that they said we owed them $10,000. Now, we knew we did not owe this. However, it was the government, and they were insistent. At the time, I sat down to pray, and God told me, do not worry about it. There is new information that's going to come to light, and this is going to be handled. I can cause even your worst enemies to bless you. So we went back to the government, and we went back and forth, and it was discovered that, yes, there was new information they did not have. We were able to access that information get it to them, and uh, within the middle of January, the whole thing was over, and they agreed with us, and we no longer owed them $10,000, which was a wonderful thing. I later discovered that many people had this issue in this area with the government, and it took months to years to rectify. So when God is speaking to you, believe him, be obedient, and watch what he wants to do. Now, revelation that we receive for others is either for us to pray for them in agreement with God's will or to share it as an encouragement. Remember that Jesus said in Matthew eleven thirty, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Prophecy, as I stated in the last podcast, is for the building up of the church, not the tearing down. 
Prophetic revelation about others is a great evangelism tool. You can use it to share God's love with your family, your friends, your co-workers, and even strangers. The prophetic is a tool for sharing God's love. So we need to remember that when we receive words about and for other people. It is not uncommon that as you get to know God and you're praying, you will receive words for other people in your life. Now, before you go and share those words and information that you receive, you first need to ask God, is this information for me to deliver or is it for me just to pray? Matthew 12, 36 states that we are accountable for every word that comes out of our mouths, every word. And yes, that means even if we type them on social media. We do not use information that God gives us for others to control them because that is witchcraft. Every person gets to have free will here. That is a kingdom law. And if you break that law, there are consequences. Over the years, I have been given so many bad words from people. And I used to just toss them aside and just because I figured they had bad training or they didn't understand. But now I realize that that was the wrong thing to do. I will tell a person directly when they are wrong now or are moving in witchcraft with their words because I know the difference. Control is not God. If you hurt people with your words, especially moving in this gift, you will be accountable for it. You need to understand that. Again, I want to reiterate, the prophetic is for the building up, not the tearing down of the church. Now, for the majority of us, we will get information for others that we just need to pray for them for. We lift them back up to God. We agree with him for what he wants to do in that person's life. If we do get information to be delivered, even if it's corrective or directive, you have to be mindful of how you speak to that person. Remember that it is the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. The kindness of God. Always ask for God to give you his perception of that person and his love before you speak to them. And I want to say here, when it's really God's word, that person will know. That person will know. God is always, always, always calling us back to him. If it's a repentance situation, he's still calling us back to him, back to his father's heart. That's the way we approach people, and they will know. And then you leave that information with them. You do not control them because every person has free will. Okay? Now, a great question I was recently asked is, what if I'm wrong or what if I miss God? So I'm going to share what I feel God has shown me on this subject. One of the great things about being under the new covenant with Jesus is that we are now family to God. We're not just hired workers to do a job. Family will make mistakes for one reason or another at times, but we don't condemn family. We don't kill family. We give grace. In the kingdom, making mistakes and experiencing failure are all part of the learning process. If you do get something wrong, the best thing for you to do is to be humble and admit it. Admit it to the person if needs be as well. And then you go back to God and you ask him to help you understand where you went wrong. Let the Holy Spirit bring you correction and show you so that you can learn. 
In 1 Corinthians 14, the Apostle Paul talks about prophesying in a New Testament church. One of the things he says is that the prophecies are to be judged by others in the assembly. The New Testament does not encourage believers to blindly follow anyone who claims to prophesy in the name of the Lord. When a prophet speaks, the apostle Paul says, let the others judge. Now, why? Why does he say that? He says it because all of us have access to the Holy Spirit, and he is the revealer of truth, even about the prophecies that someone may be giving us. We are all supposed to be able to discern whether the word is true or not by the spirit that we each carry. So be humble as you grow in your gifting and in learning how God communicates. Stay on the side of love versus judgment. And remember that prophecy is for the edifying of the body and not the tearing down. Keep your eyes on Jesus and he will teach you how he communicates. He will show you how to grow in communication with him and how to share his love through that communication with those around you. So I'd like to take a moment right now just to say, just to pray, because some of you may still be thinking, well, I don't really recognize that God is doing any of this. He is, and I believe that just by listening to this, that he has probably prompted you in some ways here or there, several of you to even be remindful of, oh, maybe that was God. So I'm going to pray right now just a little prayer of activation, okay? Father God. In the name of Jesus, I thank you for your great and mighty love for us that causes you to be so creative and unique in the ways that you communicate with us. I pray for every listener that as they go forward this week, that their intimacy with Jesus would deepen, that through the power of your Holy Spirit, they would recognize the many ways you are reaching out to them to share your love with them, whether it be through their thoughts through visions, through words. Father, I pray that you would remove every obstacle that gets in the way of them receiving your words for their lives. I also ask, Father, that you would grow the prophetic gifting in each believer, that they would know and encounter you in every area of their life through the prophetic, and they would know the joy that comes from being in union and communication with you in a greater depth of love with Jesus Christ. I ask all these things in Jesus' holy and mighty name. Amen. For more information, podcasts, videos, prophecies, and teachings, simply go to fromwaterintowine.org and follow us on Facebook at The Water Into Wine. This podcast is produced by Media 12 Productions, media12.org.